walked over and I asked him What's your name? What's your number? I would like to get to know you And we have a conversation Tonight is your girl, give me a chance Welcome, Pew Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pew Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Tuesday edition of the podcast. During the, regular yeah. season, during the regular season, we have off that day, but not this week. This is actually a very fun Tuesday, not that it normally isn't, because we were in the Buccaneers facility today. We spoke to not one, not two, but four Tampa Bay Buccaneers players today that we will all get into my name is Matt Matera. Joined with me is none other than SR, Scott Reynolds himself. Scott, how are you doing today on this afternoon? I'm doing fantastic. Anytime you see Levante, David, Tristan Wirfs, Keanu Neal, and Joe Tryon Shalinka, it's a good day. Especially when you're inside one buck in your place, a place that we haven't been to very often in the past two years. So it was good to be back inside the facility today at the Advent Health Training Center and uh, and to, to get... Um, four players to uh, to talk to us today and and really not only drop some news, but also have some fun during the press conferences. Yeah, it had a little bit of everything. I thought there was some uh, seriousness to it. Um, a lot of information from Levante David as well, too, yeah. which we will dive into. But Levante is, um, you know, he's not a bad interviewer by any means, but he doesn't right. always give you the most you know, information that you can kind of take and, you know, come up with the story with or give right. news that you, you would think that the reader and listener would really be interested in. And so, you're, you're right. Yeah. And, and, the, and the thing is, is, is there's been so many comparisons to Derek Brooks and Levante David. Those are the two best linebackers in Bucks history. Right. And, and, you know, Derek is number one and, and Levante is number two. And there's nothing wrong with being number two in this instance, because Derek no. Brooks is a hall of famer and, and a legend, but, both of those players, their playing style is very similar and their interview style is very similar. They're kind of to the, you know, a matter of fact, to the point they're, they're not going to give you a whole bunch in terms of, of, uh, of newsworthiness. It, it mm-hmm. can be a little general and homogenistic in that, you know, type of, of, uh, of way. But today Levante David did have some news for us. Yeah, I, we're absolutely, you're absolutely right. I guess we'll start off with that yeah. right off the bat. Um, a couple interesting things from Levante David. I think one was that, you know, he was very bluntly honest with himself when asked about, you know, what he wants to improve on and and where he wants to get better, even being a veteran so late in the game, the NFL. And, and this is something you talked about a little bit during this season too, Scott, is that you want to see some more uh, splash plays from Levante David. And Levante didn't specifically say that he wants to make splash plays, but one of the key things that he's really focusing on for this season when he spoke with us was getting those tackles for loss. And in most cases, especially when it's a linebacker, it it is a a splash play, which is why Levante didn't say it, but I'm going to say it for him. So I thought Levante being that bluntly honest so early in the year when, you know, he's going to get more of these questions when training camp comes around for him to give a a, a real self-evaluation of, yeah, I could have been better. I thought was uh, was really big coming from him. Yeah, it was. I just did a story posted to PeterReport.com about those quotes. And the interesting thing is, is when you look at Levante, David, the first thing that jumps off the page when you look at, at last year for him is those lack of splash plays. Now, he did have a pair of sacks, right? He, yeah. he had one and a half in, in 2020. He had two last year. And he did force two fumbles in the regular season, and he had a fumble recovery, added another key fumble recovery. In, um, in in that, that Rams game that helped get the Buccaneers back in it. But the two things that really jump out, statistically speaking, Matt, 97 tackles. That's only the second time that Levante David has not recorded 100 tackles or more in a season. He had 117 last year. Uh, I'm sorry, in 2020. In, in uh, 2019, 123. The year before that, 120. So 97, that's that's quite a, a, a bit of a, of a fall off there. Then he also mentioned the tackles for loss. He's a downhill player, likes to make plays behind the line of scrimmage. Got a couple sacks, but but only five tackles for loss, Matt. That is that is a, a career low for him. The, the fewest he's had in any season prior to that was, was just eight in 2017. But he had 12 in the Bucks Super Bowl run in 2020. And this is a player in Levante David that has averaged, averaged 14 tackles for loss per season. So when you only get five... You can see why Levante David 
is not happy with his level of play when it comes to those splash plays and and really not playing up to his standards. Right, and I think we've just become so accustomed to Levante being such a consistent player, the the Rock of Gibraltar, the top guy on this team, that when he doesn't pretty much be Superman out there, I think it yeah. becomes a, a little bit of surprise for everyone. Now, I, I think we have to understand, too, one, Levante is getting a little bit older. I'm not saying that he's... 31. Yeah, I'm not saying that he's a bad player by any means. Right. And also, he was hampered by a really bad injury last yes. year, which he spoke about as well, too. I want to get to that in a second, but first want to give a shout-out to the Super Chat right here from Callum Shaw. Thank you so much for the 449 Super Chat, I guess. That's, that's pounds. Pounds? Right? Yeah, what pounds. Are these pounds? Yes. He says, uh, not a question, but another pat on the back for you guys. I've listened to the pod from year dot and love how it's growing. Love the grind, Calum. Thank you so much, Calum. Absolutely. Uh, thank you to anyone for all the super chats. Let's get those likes up. And if you do super chat, we will make sure that we get to your question uh, first and foremost. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, Rich, give him the thumbs up. But yeah, so the other part of the equation of Levante and, and what he spoke about as well um, if I'm not mistaken, Levante pretty much said he talked about his his rehab and his recovery. And he said that yeah. he's about 60 percent of the way there. Well, he was 60 percent in in the playoffs when he returned. Right. So, right. So, right. That's yeah. what it was. He missed five games last year, and that was the most he's ever missed in any season. If you remember, he sprained his ankle against the Miami Dolphins late in that game and then missed two games. It was the game at Philadelphia and then the home game against Chicago. Then he returned to the lineup, and then in that Saints game, everybody talks about Chris Godwin's injury, Mike Evans' hamstring injury, uh, Leonard Fournette. AB uh, had an ankle, but yeah, it was really yeah. Levante David that it really right. killed a lot of things for the Bucs. Exactly. In that Saints game, that was another injury. Levante David at the very end sprained uh, his foot, and he said that was a very serious foot sprain. If you remember, he was placed on injured reserve to end the season, so we missed the last three games of, of the regular season, then came back for the playoffs. Uh, and, you know, he's not going to miss the playoffs, right? And I quote, he said, no, no surgery, but it was a significant middle foot sprain, part of my list, Frank. If it would have been torn completely, I probably would have had surgery and would have been out for six to eight months. Luckily for me, it didn't get that far, but it was real significant throughout the playoffs. I was having a tough time too. I had to gut it out. It was the playoffs. I had to play. For the most part, I was probably about 60% out there playing, but now I'm up. And and so that's one of those things that that you know, you see Levante David out there those just in put the a, playoff just put games. Him, just put him in the ring of honor now. Just <laughs> right? put him in the ring of honor now. You know, he's he's playing at 60% on a list frank injury, which that's a very painful uh, you know, uh, injury right in the middle of your foot. And if, if that uh, it's either a ligament or a tendon, I, I'm not sure, but if, if one of those, those tendons or ligaments is, is injured, you know, it, that's one thing, but if it's torn, like he said, he's looking at six to eight months worth of surgery as it stands right now, Levante David is rehabbing or rehabbing that injury will probably miss the OTAs in minicamp. He said, I should be able to go around training camp. So the good news there is, we're hopeful to see Levante David back out there making those splash plays as early as the start of training camp. Yeah. Let's remember patience is a virtue. So when Levante's not out there for OTAs, let's not all freak out. Let's not all yeah. make he it knows so, what he's doing. such a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Levante's earned that right from the way that he played through that injury. And I think we noticed it too, towards the end of the season, as you mentioned, he went on IR, he missed those last couple of games again, like that jets game sticks out. And we actually talked to Robert Sala right. about this recently where, yeah. you know, they just kept running it down the, the Bucks' throats with, right. with Michael Carter before Michael Carter got hurt. And, mm -hmm. you know, if they didn't do that QB sneak at the end, the Bucks may not win that game. And, you know, who knows what the, the fate of the team would be anyway. They right. still probably would have lost in the divisional round. But I, I think more – we always talk about how great the defensive line is and mm -hmm. how Todd Bowles wants to stop the run there. Let's not forget, it starts, starts and stops with Levante David because Levante yeah. David – cleans up all the big plays, even in a quote unquote down year, he right. cleans up the messes. Um, he makes up for a lot of the mistakes that Devin white makes from time to time, especially mm -hmm. in the run game. So um, I think more, I'm not gonna say it's the most important thing, but Levante getting a hundred percent healthy as he spoke about today right. 
is one of the top priorities for this team other than free agency right now. And yeah. speaking of free agency, Scott, um, you know, on all these shows recently, every time you and I are on together, we right. get some breaking news, whether it's Shaq Mason right. getting traded, whether it's Keanu Neal uh, signing, which we'll get to Keanu Neal in a second. Right. So Blaine Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert yeah. coming back. So there's a chance. Right. Just saying that. Well, Nakatsu folks, could it's sign. a Tuesday. It's people. It's, it's Matt and SR, so yeah, <laughs> there might be some news breaking. There, there was some news today. It a little premature, but it didn't exactly make the before, podcast. Man. Yeah, but Pat O'Connor, special teams ace, and and really the sixth guy on the depth chart at defensive line, mostly plays that that Will Golston defensive end spot in Tampa Bay's three four defense. He did resign today, so he he had a like a lot of Buccaneers. He missed the end of the season with with an injury himself, had a knee injury. But he's back in the fold. Uh, sticking with, with Levante, David, for a second here, and, and long lost leisure, uh, Devin White took all the tackles for loss. That's why Levante's numbers were down. Check stats. Only eight tackles for loss. Never mind. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the interesting thing is, is, is one of the things that Levante talked about was Larry Foote being the new inside linebackers coach yes. replacing Mike Caldwell. And, and with Larry Foote, he was an inside linebacker in in the three four defense in Pittsburgh Called and then also natural. Th so that's he right. was a natural there in the first place. That he was in their meetings half the time anyway. So yeah. Levante almost said linebacker. like this this isn't this isn't as much of a you know transition or a new approach than what we've seen just because uh, he's been in there all the time. But nonetheless right. it's going to be Larry Foote's word now instead of Mike Caldwell. So I don't yep. think there will be some of a difference there and not just oh well he's been here before so not much the of a volume change. The volume is going to get turned up. Larry Foote's a very energetic, edgy guy, whereas yeah. Mike Caldwell was more like cool and calm and collected. A different, you know, same defense, same approach, but different delivery. And and I just wonder, you know, Levante. Listen, he's a guy that can self correct. I'm not saying he doesn't need coaching, but he doesn't need coaching, right? He, he knows what to do. Yeah. He's one of the he's most a coach cerebral on the players. Field almost. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, with Devin White, I'm really interested to see how the message had the delivery of Larry foot that might be a little bit more in your face, a little bit more energetic, how that will play with, with Devin white, who is a very energetic person himself. I, I think that we could see some real positive dividends. I think that Larry foot is going to resonate with Devin white better. Maybe that's just me wishful thinking Matt, but, but sometimes when, you know, when you've got two guys that are supercharged, right? It's like one or twin powers activate, right? And all of a sudden, you know, you yeah. get like a super Devin White. Maybe that's what happens with Larry Foote coming in the room this year and, and leading the way for, for Levante and Devin White. Yeah, I think Larry Foote can really be a, a pickup for, for Devin White, almost like a I'll show you type of thing. Because, you mm -hmm. know, it's one thing when Devin White, he, he came off a Super Bowl run, um, getting a lot of accolades, a lot more attention. And, you know, I could see Larry Foote coming in and just being like, hey, man, you're a great player, but you're not that great just yet. So I, I can see the the two energies um, almost starting like a one-upsmanship. And I am almost, I'm also interested to see um, how Larry Foote um, helps out in the development of K.J. Britt and Grant Stewart. Yeah. Like, do the Bucks feel confident enough in them to, um, you know, trust them as they're – third and fourth backup linebackers because Kevin Minter right. is still not signed. It's not guaranteed that yeah. he will. So do they trust them enough to be the third and fourth linebackers? Will they draft another one this year or will they go the veteran route and maybe even bring back Kevin Minter? I think that's definitely a possibility that a lot of that is going to fall on how Larry Foote evaluates the team. And Scott, just yeah. uh, one more thing is, you know, you mentioned that Larry Foote's really going to, to energize uh, this group mm -hmm. and, and be a source of energy for these linebackers. And it sounds like Larry Foote must be drinking a lot of Celsius lately or has been for his whole career yeah. to now bring that energy to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's no doubt. I mean, we don't know that to be a fact, Matt, but it's almost like he might have Celsius in his veins, right? Yeah. It might be it's probably <laughs> blood, right, because he's a human being, but it might be Celsius too. All I know, Matt, is today I grabbed a, a couple cans. They were on sale at my local convenience store. I've got plenty of Celsius at home. But I grabbed a couple cans of the Celsius sparkling cola, and yeah. you know I, I love this flavor. It's it's great because 
sometimes I want to go for a changeup. I love the fruity flavors. You know, I love orange. You love, you know, I love Fuji apple pear, tropical uh, vibe, peach vibe, grape. I, I love all of the different flavors Celsius has in the fruit realm. And they're coming up with new ones all the time. Most recently, strawberry lemonade. I mean, I can't wait to get my hands oh, on. Can't. I cannot wait to try that one. It's but this one on right here, radar. folks. If you like cola drinks, we're not going to name any brand names, but there's big ones out there. The great thing about this particular flavor of Celsius is it tastes just like your favorite cola. It really does. And but it has no sugar, right? There's no preservatives. It's the same type of formulation that you're going to find in any of of the other Celsius flavors, but it has all that energy and no sugar crash because there's no sugar in it. So if if you're looking for a change up if if you if you want to get away from the fruity flavors for a day or two and, and mix it up, I highly recommend cola. And you can find this at convenience stores, at health and nutrition stores, grocery stores. If you can't find them there, go on Amazon and you can order all of the Celsius flavors there. And you can do it with subscribe and save. It's where you, you have a case of Celsius shipped right to your house or a case is. Get a couple while you're at it. And, and you can save money and not have to worry about going out to find Celsius around your, your house uh, or your workplace. They'll ship it right to you. So Celsius, you can find it. more information at Celsius.com. You click on the store locator. Or do us a favor and click on those Celsius banners on PeterReport.com. Yes, please do. I am rocking the uh, Celsius peach vibe today, sparkling sparkling white peach. Um, yep. it's, it's moving up the ranks. I still think the orange is overall up. number one. It's a good yeah. change up. Uh, tropical vibe, the one you gave me when we were in West Palm Beach. That mm -hmm. one, I think, might be my number two right now. The blueberry yep. was up there for a while, but the number two, uh, or that was the number two, moves down to number three. Tropical vibe moves up to second. But nonetheless, right. as long as you're drinking Celsius, uh, we're happy about it because there's a, a ton of different flavors that really there's something for everyone. And that's right. so, you know, as long as you're enjoying something, that's that's really what we care about the most. Matt, we were enjoying talking with Levante David today. And just to kind of round out the, the Levante David portion of the press conference, you know, one of the things he talked about and was very candid about was the fact that that he was caught a little flat-footed, he and the Bucks defense, when it came to the Rams game with that zero blitz call, right? That was yeah. that was something that, that he was not thrilled about. Um, and, it, and it wasn't so much the call, but how they played it. And... And, and with regards to uh, the loss, because as I mentioned before, Levante David came up with one of those four takeaways that helped the Buccaneers get back in it. And, you know, he was was uh, was pretty candid about his feelings about the Rams in, in that, that game. He said, and I quote, it was tough. Obviously, I would have hoped they would have lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> There's a lot of hating going on from my side, but you have to move on. <laughs> Once football season was over and everything was done, no more football, I was able to calm down. I couldn't see it anymore. I was able to calm down and get back to work and build myself back to the point where I am right now. And then he goes in, in depth in talking about that play, that zero blitz call from Todd Bowles that ended up in a huge completion to Cooper Cup, got the Rams in field goal position. They win the game 30 to 27, and, and all of a sudden the Bucs season comes to a crashing end. David says, and I quote, there were a lot of moving parts. I wasn't expecting them to go no huddle at that moment, but it was one of those moments where you're trying to make sure everybody gets the call. Guys are running all over the place, and you're trying to make sure people are getting it. On those types of things, you have to make sure everybody is on the same page. There's a lot of communication aspects of that type of defense. Them hurrying up to spike the or to hike the ball caught us off guard. I just kind of got caught standing, looking lost, but it was an unfortunate situation. And then David goes on to say that, you know, I think Rick Stroud asked him about the fact that that Tom Brady came back and he put unfinished business on some of those social media posts. And and uh, we all know how the Buccaneer season ended this, this the year before, right? With with the defense making the big mm -hmm. plays in the Super Bowl. 31 to 9, keeping Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes out of the off or out of the, the end zone and shutting down the Chiefs offense. But would the the way that the season ended with the defense out there giving up that big monster play and even the play before to Cooper Cup to set the, the Rams up for a first down and getting closer to field goal range, if that would be a big motivation for the Buccaneers, especially on defense heading into the 2022 season? 
And David says, and I quote, it's big motivation, huge motivation, because I feel like we kind of got us back in the game. Then for us to, to end the game like that, that's not what we want to be remembered as. We have the majority of our guys coming back, so we're going to have to take another huge leap this year. That taste is definitely going to be in our mouth for a while. I believe we play them in the regular season. Not saying we're going to circle that game, but it's a game that is obviously going to be very important. <laughs> Matt, uh, you can better believe the Buccaneers are going to be circling that Rams game when the schedule comes out, whenever it is, week one, week 17, whenever. That game is going to be circled. This team that has is- lost to the Rams now three times in a row in the last two years. That that game is 1 million percent going to get circled on the schedule. I don't care what Levante said. He knows he's circling that himself, too. And in all honesty, I I loved his answer too. just the human element of like, man, I wanted them to lose the Super Bowl when I was watching that. That's just the human. Ah, you beat me. Well, I hate you. I hope you lose. That's just the human (laughs) nature that literally every single sports fan has. So I appreciated that. I appreciated yeah. his his blunt honesty about the last play and just that that playoff game in general because Levante is right. The defense got them back into the game by creating all those turnovers right. in the second half. Granted, they allowed all those points in the first half, so it was kind of on them to to help them get back in the game. And as much as we love Todd Bowles' exotic defense and creativity and blitzing from left and right where no one knows and your head is almost spinning, as great as that can be, that does require a lot of communication and yeah. understanding of okay, well, this guy's blitzing over here, so we got to keep these two, you know, cornerbacks or safeties back on mm-hmm. the play. So I can totally see in the situation where the Rams were going, where they're moving up tempo and they snap the ball yeah. quick. I can totally understand why more than any other play that there was that miscommunication because the Bucks are still going all in and. The Rams, even though Stafford was the best against the Blitz last right. season, um, you, you can kind of see why there would be a mistake on that play. It hurts that it happened, but again, too, yeah, like you said, the you know the Bucks won that Super Bowl against the Chiefs by playing dominant defense, and I think yeah. if the Bucks want to go back as as great as as Brady is going to be and everything like that. I do think the defense, without question, has to pull their own weight because we saw what happened yeah. against the Rams in the playoffs, where sure Brady got him back, but Part of that was on the defense for why they didn't advance. No, you're exactly right. And uh, we appreciate this $5 super chat from Trustin Borbeck. I need Brady to go off for 600 yards and seven touchdowns in that Rams <laughs> game. That would help, right? Uh, thanks for the great content. As always, y'all, we appreciate that. You know, when you look at 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 that that particular uh, you know game with the Rams and you know, you go back and look at the week three game, right? And and uh, the the Rams put up 34 points, right? So 34 to 24 was was the margin of victory in week three in LA when the Buccaneers lost. And then you look at the at the playoff loss to LA, 30 to 27. And the Buccaneers offense just didn't do enough in either of those games. We talked about 30 being the magical number for the Buccaneers. That's right. When they get to 30 or more, they win. And so they didn't do their job, but Anytime a defense, especially Todd Bowles' a defense, when you're you're giving up 34 points and then 30 points, that's no good either. So it's like, you know, you, you've it's on both sides of the ball, and we'll see when you look at at the Rams and the Saints. Those are two teams now that just have the Bucks number in the regular season. The Rams have beaten the Buccaneers twice, if you include the the postseason. That's three times in a row, and. I, I, I gotta see I gotta see some improvement from the Buccaneers. I, I don't think the Bucs can run the ball against the Rams very effectively. That that was certainly not the case last season. They only rushed for 35 yards in week three. I think Tom Brady was the leading rusher in that game. 51 <laughs> yards in in the uh the playoff loss. Part of that was due to the fact that the Bucs were down so early, I think 24 to 3 at halftime. So it's not to take any other game lightly. I mean, this team lost to the Washington football team, you know, the, the Commodores before they were the Commodores. Yeah. But shout out Lionel Richie. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. But <laughs> the Rams and the Saints, right? Like, if you're going to win the NFC South, you're going to have to beat the Saints. They didn't do it last year, but I, I think the Saints, they're going to be trying to gear up again. And you got to beat the Rams. If you want to get the Super Bowl, like, you, you got to beat 
the Rams, and they're going to be playing here in Tampa again. And that's just got to happen. It's somehow, right. some way, they got to find a way to, to to knock off the Rams. Yeah, it's now or never because the Bucks got the benefit of the doubt last year a lot because you're the defending Super Bowl champion, so you earn that right to get some of the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But again, again, they've lost to the Rams three times now in the last two years. They haven't played their best football against the Saints, losing to them the last four times in yeah. the regular season. Todd Bowles did his job in that game, though. They just yes. lost yes. like all their star players aside from Tom Brady in that that bloodbath in it. Yeah, in no, Bowles Bowles definitely deserves credit for that. Again, though, like you're going up against you know Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon and and you know those guys at quarterback. You right. weren't necessarily going up against Drew Brees, so I definitely do think they're has to be adjustments there. And you talk about the run game, if we want to talk about certain offensive linemen, and we just said that the Bucs don't have, uh, you know, the Saints or the Rams number. We found out, too, that Tristan Wirfs doesn't have Tom Brady's number. I think that was one of the biggest <laughs> takeaways from the press conference today. Tristan no Wirfs is, is an absolute treat, by the way. This is our third year with him. First year, technically, in the building, but he yeah. is as good as it gets. I mean, all-pro offensive tackle. Fun-loving, good-natured guy who he gives great responses to everything. He's always happy. Yeah. He's always in a good mood. I understand why. I mean, he comes into the league. He wins the Super Bowl his second year. He's an All-Pro player. And hold on, hold on, Matt. He comes into the league at 325 pounds. Yeah, <laughs> he told us today he's been playing at 345 pounds. Come on, this is crazy. 345. And, and and the thing is, is is Worfs is built. I mean, he's got huge calves, huge thighs, huge arms. You know, huge shoulders, huge chest. He he's big and he, he distributes the weight all over. But three forty five, I mean, he looks like he's three twenty five. But this guy is just—it's a massive man. I've already said he's the best offensive lineman in Tampa Bay history, and I'm not trying to to you know, throw shade on some of the legends like Paul Gruber and Tony Mayberry and, and, and the likes there. But I mean, this guy, it, if he stays healthy, his trajectory is one where he could legitimately be a hall of fame player. If he keeps Scott, making pro yeah. bowls and all pros, Scott, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. I mean, first of all, he was the fourth offensive tackle taken out of that draft, which yeah. I still find so hilarious that, he was right. the fourth one when a lot of us had him uh, as uh, you know, our number one tackle on the board, but you know, he comes in his first game against the new Orleans saints who obviously we know have a great pass rush did well against them. I mean, he's been an absolute rock there. No one can right. get by him. I only Khalil Mack has really given an issue to, uh, to Tristan Wirfs. He's even yeah. better in his second year. And yeah, well, I'm Cam, with Cam Jordan to be fair. Cam Jordan. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Finally, Cam, finally got him a couple Cam, times. Cam year. Jordan got him once, and um, but I, I, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. If he just if he stays healthy, the trajectory he's on, he's going to go down as one not just the best lineman in Bucks history, like one of the best offensive linemen. He's got all the right. traits. He's got the size. He moves quickly. He's back flipping in and out of pools and stuff yeah. like that, or whatever that viral <laughs> video was. I think like every single thing he does, it just it just works. He makes it look easy. He puts in a ton of hard work. You see videos of him lifting and stuff like that. And he's not trying to do it for attention either. Let's yeah. let's make that clear and obvious. He's not doing it for attention. Right. There just happens to be a camera camera mm -hmm. on him at the time. But I thought he really um gave some good insight today too. Like this has yeah. been well, and, and you know, Matt, we, we talked sure. about the injuries, right? We talked about all the injuries that happened, even to Levante David in yeah. that Saints game. The injury to to Tristan Wirfs was was huge. It was yeah. catastrophic because now you're going up against one of the best blitzing, best pass rushing teams in the league, in you know in the Los Angeles Rams, mm -hmm. right? And and he exits the Eagles playoff game with that sprained ankle early, and that just threw a, a, a huge wrench into the Bucks play. And then you get Josh Wells starting in place of. Tristan Wirfs for that Rams game. And thankfully, Wirfs said today he confirmed that he did not have to have ankle surgery. So he's just going to rest this offseason. My guess is very much like Levante David, he probably sits out OTAs. That's fine. He's an all pro. Yeah. He doesn't need it. <laughs> right. This team just signed Fred Johnson and Josh Wells was re signed. So I think both those guys are capable of filling in a right tackle during 
the flag football portion of of right, the Bucks yeah. offseason. You know, you don't need to play, have offensive linemen. You're not going to be blocking and and really hitting during this time. So having Tristan Wirfs injured for, for that game, that's that's yet another catastrophic injury that contributed to that loss. Tristan uh, Vorbeck again with the five dollars super chat. Thank you very much. Thank I you. believe if we are healthy this year. We get the number one seed, then we can beat these bleeping Rams at home in front of our fans for the NFC title. Ideal. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I don't. If both teams are fully healthy, I think it's one of those. If you play them ten times, the Bucks win five times, and the Rams win five times. I think the and you know, granted, the Bucks haven't really played the Rams fully healthy. You know, they didn't have a yeah. B. Um, they didn't have a B in either game because right. obviously he left, and we know everything with that and. Obviously, when you lose Tristan Wirfs, who, for all argument's sake, is your best offensive lineman, that's going to make an absolutely huge difference. But again, I think the Bucs really have to go out there and prove that they yeah. can beat the Rams because they haven't yet in the, right. in the Tom Brady era. The and, last and time they won was when Jameis was quarterback. Uh, you're right. They, and and Tristan Wirfs is sitting there on the sidelines, right? This is the first game he missed ever in football. Ever, yeah. That's the ever. first time ever that he was talking about that. And you just, know... You know that he's sitting out there going, I could, I could be a difference maker, right? If if I was, he didn't say it, but he didn't have to, because you could see it on his face. If if he was out there playing, in his mind, the Bucks win that game, right? He's a competitor. That's that's what he's probably thinking. Yeah, I, I think so. And again, and I think that's it gets lost because he's always smiling and he's always having fun out there. This guy cares and this guy will, you know, run you over if, yeah. if he has to. Like he's one of those guys. He's a nice guy. I know, mm -hmm. Scott, you're not a huge fan of the nice guy. You know, you want the Indomitian uh, Sues that's going to, you know, mean mug you. And then and I love the nice guys during press it. conferences because yes, they have a lot yeah. to say. I Big like fan the nasty of <laughs> on the field. And that, that's Tristan Wirfs. You know, he's, yeah. he's both. You can be no, both. No, 100%. But yeah, I think too. Well, first of all, it's great that. He said he's back to lifting. He's pretty much doing everything that he needs to do mm -hmm. rehab-wise. So, thankfully, he avoided surgery. I think that's really yeah. important. And even outside of the surgery and his willingness to come back, it's been a it's been crazy for just Bucks and Bucks fans in general. But it's been wild for Tristan Wirfs, specifically for having to go through the rehab. And then you mm -hmm. see, you know, one of his closest friends and teammates, Alex Kappa, he leaves yeah. – for free agency, he signs with the Bengals. Then Ali Marpet, like everyone on the offensive line, left him. Thank goodness Ryan Jensen resigned, right. or else it would have just been him and Donovan Smith. They would have been doing the Will Smith, you know, looking around the house in the right. last episode of <laughs> Who's of Left? Yeah, of right. Fresh Prince. So yeah, I thought it, I thought it was really cool to get his perspective on that, like how close he was with Alex Kappa, mm -hmm. how happy he was for Ali Marpet that he finally got his moment in the sun. Yeah. He's you know he's and finally going out on his own terms. Going yeah. out on his own terms, finally getting the accolades of the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl, and everything like that. And then I thought it was cool, too. Obviously, we asked him about, uh, you know, Shaq Mason getting ready to work with him. And he's like, yeah, we've already been in the gym together. I've been following yeah. it on, on Instagram since, you know, I've been in high school. So right. it seems like he's very well versed with um, Shaq Mason. Yeah. And then on I'm, the other I'm very side. Excited. I'm very excited to see Shaq Mason. Uh, play next to Wurfs because they're two completely different people. Now that we know yeah. that Tristan Wurfs is 345 pounds, right. are you kidding me? <laughs> now you've got little Shaq Mason. He's like six feet tall, 300 pounds, you know, really undersized by today's standards. But nobody gets off the ball quicker, faster, more violent than, than Shaq Mason. I mean, we talk about Buccaneers fire the cannons, right? I mean, Shaq Mason is a cannonball. Every fire the lineman. Yeah. Is it, when, when you watch him get off the ball, he, because he's so small, he has to fire the first blow. And, and, and he does that. And he's fun to watch. I've loved watching Shaq Mason since he was at Georgia tech when he's an all American. I just, I've loved his game. I was thrilled to death. The Buccaneers have traded for him. Uh, talked to, to Mike Reese covered the, the Patriots. Um, we saw him down there at the NFL zone, NFL owners meeting. Yep. In West Palm, and what did he say? He's like, "You guys are gonna love Shaq yeah, Mason. So the player, the person, you're gonna him. love him." Yeah, absolutely right. You're gonna enjoy him and see see how he fares. I mean, a lot yeah. of people are saying, and we've said it too, that we think Shaq Mason is an upgrade over Alex Kappa. So again, to so. to get a fifth round pick and get him for uh, money wise a lower value than what Kappa was able to sign with Cincinnati, mm -hmm. I think well, is a huge win. 
and, and Tr- Tristan Wirfs even talked about the three main guys. Yes, that's what I want to get guard. to next. Yeah, uh, we're talking about Robert Hainsey, the third round pick from a year ago. Mm-hmm. Aaron Stinney, who played right guard in a in place of Alex Kappa during that 2020 playoff run and Super Bowl run. And then Nick Leverett, who saw a little bit of playing time, was really one of the camp guys that stood out to us. And here, uh, a roster spot. Yeah, uh, and Worf said, of course, in like typical Tristan fashion, he's like, "Those, those are my guys. This is going to be so cool. They're my dogs. Like that whole thing. I, I love these guys. It's going to be so much fun." And he said, "They're going to help me as much as I help them." So, I, I think the most important thing to take away from that is that yes, it's going to be a competition and it's going to be fierce, and only one guy can win the job. But it just sounds like even before any of this went down, even with Ali retiring and and, and Kappa leaving, it just seems like maybe more than any other positional group on this Bucks team, you know, the the roster, the offensive line, they just seem like they're all on the same page. The continuity is there, whether yeah. those guys are retiring or signing somewhere else or not. Like very close knit. Seems like they do a lot of things together. They work right. hand in hand. And so, like, yeah, there's gonna be that friendly. You know, it's going to be that rivalry, of course. Everyone wants to be a starter in this league. But I don't think it's going to hurt the continuity overall, whether Stinney wins, whether Hainsey wins, or even Nick Leverett. So I, I just think the offensive line overall, it, it obviously hurts losing a guy like Ali Marpet. But I think if you look at the entire outlook of this team, yeah, the Bucks can survive. They could maybe even be better, depending on what they get from Shaq Mason. And, right. and I just think that the line is still very much in a good spot. And at the end of the day, Tom Brady's going to make you a better offensive line, especially yep. pass blocking. Cause you know, he's going to get rid of the ball quick. So That's I'm, right. I'm very optimistic on the line going into this right. year. Speaking of getting the ball, getting rid of the ball quickly and the offensive line. I don't know if you know this pewter people, but pin chasers is one of the places that the linemen love to go bowl. Donovan Smith is one of the best bowlers on the bucks and and every once in a while they'll they'll do some team events some some fundraising uh endeavors at pin chasers and matt it's a perfect place for that is it not for for corporate team building for fundraisers we've had some pewter report bowling events uh, there in addition to our bowling leagues we're going to have some more this summer but tell people about pin chasers that experience and it's more than just bowling it is more than just bowling. It's more than just a night out with your friends. Uh, first of all, Donovan Smith absolutely is a great bowler. You should, if you ever get the chance, go and watch him bowl because he really is uh, great at that. But yeah, you can have great business events there. You can have birthday parties. Uh, if you got young kids, have a birthday party there. They got a uh, they got a, a a game area with you know all the the fun different things that you can go when you play there. Um, they have great deals every single night. I just saw they tweeted this earlier today on their social media account that they're actually combining the pizza night and the all you can bowl tonight. Shut so for up. the same price, you, you could eat, me? you could stuff your face with pizza and keep bowling nonstop until you can't bowl and eat pizza no more. And the food is very underrated. It, it is very good pizza. Yeah. They'll send it right to you. You don't even have to get up. The waiters and waitresses bring it right to your table the lane that you're bowling at so make sure you go to pinchasers.net they got multiple different locations you can see it on the screen here their owner is a huge bucks fan who has season tickets who has yeah love anthony he is awesome so make sure you go to pinchasers.net to book your lane and future event whether that's birthday business whatever it is you got to go to pinchasers for it totally agree it's it's fantastic and and we'll be doing a a summer event at (laughs) At Pin Chasers, probably that midtown location that's close to the team headquarters. Try to get mm-hmm. either former player, or current player out there, and and tie it to a charity. We've we've done those things with Mark Cook in the past. He's been instrumental in in getting those events set up for us. And and quite honestly, you know, with with Mark's passing combined with COVID, we really haven't had the opportunity to do that. But we're looking forward to doing that again. So stay tuned for that. And hey, listen, there's never a better time to bowl, Matt, than in the summer when it's blazing hot out in those yeah. air-conditioned lanes, too. So stay tuned to that. So we had a chance to speak with Levante David and Tristan Wirfs. A um, couple of, of guys on the defensive side of the ball remain. Let's talk about Keanu Neal because this was a really interesting uh, guy, very excited to be back in his home state of Florida. 
yeah, he said he, it felt like he's at home. Obviously, he played. Uh, he was a Gator. He grew up, I believe, he said in Webster, which isn't you know cr- crazy far from Tampa. So he considers like the Tampa Bay area home. He's obviously familiar with playing here, going back to his playing days with the Falcons. But I thought there was a lot of great things to pick up from what he said as well, too. Um, for me, there was two things, but I'll just say one, and I'll let you comment on the other, um, where he spoke about what position he's going to play. But the thing that really that I took most when he was talking about coming here is the way that Todd Bowles recruited him, or the reason that he came to Tampa is because he called Todd Bowles a mastermind. Yeah, and I think that goes into everything. Yeah, he said it at least twice, that Todd Bowles is a mastermind, and he can't wait to see what Todd Bowles will cook up. I mean, we all know, and we've been talking about it, that Todd Bowles, he played. He was a defensive back. He played safety. He loves the safety position. He loves drawing things up. So, I mean, it's a dream come true if you're a free agent safety and Todd That's Bowles right. wants you because you know that you're going to get the best out of Todd Bowles. So I, I thought he it was really cool. safety. Todd Bowles was a safety for the Washington Redskins. One yeah. Super Bowl champ. Super Bowl, yeah. So, uh, I listen, I, I I think that that having a quarterback whisperer like Bruce Arians was was instrumental in getting a player like Tom Brady, right? I mean, that with yes. his, with his offense and and the weapons that Jason Light had put in place through the draft, guys like Mike Evans and and uh and Chris Godwin, et cetera, uh, that attracted Tom Brady here. But now you flip the page and you have a defensive-minded coach. And the Buccaneers, every single time they've had some of their heydays. In 1979, it was John McKay and that defense, right? It was mm-hmm. it was Leroy Selman and 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 the 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 Buccaneer Bruce crew right back in, in, in the 79 uh, season. Then you had the, the Dungy defense with Monty Kiffin and, and the hall of famers that, that came from there. Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, John Lynch, hopefully Rondé Barber's next Simeon Should Rice, be. right? 1999, 2002. And, and then you've had the Todd Bowles defense, which was a great compliment to Brady and, and the Bucks offense in winning the Super Bowl. So, this is a town that historically has been built on defense. That's right. And you still have Byron Leftwich, still have Tom Brady for another year. You can kind of pencil in 30 points per game or, or close to it, maybe a little bit more. But I think as long as Tampa Bay has Todd Bowles here, this defense is going to be good. And as much as you do need to score points, you got to be able to stop the other team too, right? I mean, I think a lot of people expected a shootout when it was Kansas City and Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. But Todd Bowles made sure you know- it wasn't. It was a shootout for one team. That's right. And, <laughs> and the other yeah, team was firing blanks. Yeah. And of course, we talk about the Super Bowl a lot, but I think one of the most important things that we learned from that game is that Todd Bowles is willing to adjust and he understands his team. Again, you go back to that Super Bowl yeah. and the the Bucks are very blitz, blitz, blitz. But that yeah. game, they said, no, we have an advantage against the Chiefs offensive tackles because cover two guys were out. Yep. Cover two, we're just going to send Shaq, who had no less than 100 pressures on the quarterback. <laughs> JPP had a had a, a great pass rushing game yeah. as well. Dominic Sue had a sack and a half. Cam know? Gill, half a That's sack. Right. A thrill, yep. Cam Gill. But anyway, my point being that he took something that the Bucks don't normally do, and he implemented it perfectly for that Super Bowl. Right. And maybe it didn't work 100%, you know, last season and again. Mm-hmm. Every team gets injured, so I don't know how much you want to make an excuse. But there are so many injuries at the cornerback position and the secondary especially. And again, like SMB gets hurt, what, the second play of the game or like in the first quarter? (laughs) first quarter, yeah. Yeah, of the first game of the season. That changes a lot of things. So I think if we get back to a healthier team this season, we're going to see an even better Todd Bowles. Because again, he's at the helm now. He doesn't – you know, he doesn't have to answer to anyone. He's the head coach. You know, you make all the calls where (laughs) – as close as he is with Bruce, I'm sure there's a time or two where Bruce doesn't sugarcoat things and he'll yell right. at you whether he's known you for 30 years or if you're it's your first year on the team. So right. now I think Todd getting just that free that free run to pretty much call what he wants to call it can yeah. only help this defense and bring in players as well. Yeah, I, I agree. And and that's kind of my point is is Keanu Neal was recruited to play and and Todd Bowles. It's going to be here for a while, and he's going to make sure that there's no fall-off in this defense, right? And they've got some pieces this year, some stopgap players, veterans like Logan Ryan, like Keanu Neal stepping in, and and Levante Davis was really happy about that, right? Because you know, he, yes, he was. He 
he'd love to have both Ndamukong Sue and Jason Pierre-Paul back. I think Sue's going to return. I'm not sure about Jason Pierre-Paul. I don't think that's going to happen. But but he likes having more veterans, guys that have been there and done that. You look at, at Logan Ryan, who's won two Super Bowls in New England, been a team captain on several stops. Yep. And and then Keanu Neal, who comes in and and he played a little out of position last year. He tried to to play linebacker. That's a a position that that quite frankly the Cowboys wanted and needed him to play. So he bulked up to about 226 pounds. Now he's back to closer to 220, and that's where he's going to play. And he did say he's going to be playing strong safety, and and uh, he's going to be taking on that Jordan Whitehead physical in the box type of role. And he can also play some free. He's got some ball skills, but he's basically known for his physicality. That's that's what Keanu Neal, when when he was asked about that today, he had a big <laughs> smile on his face. He's like, "Yeah, my physicality." He didn't even break. he didn't even know how to answer because he got asked about the, the like the hit that he had on Mike Evans in the Thursday night game. He kind of right. like smiled, smirked, like almost felt like uncomfortable about it. He's yeah. like, "Yeah, like what, what do you want me to say?" You know, <laughs> I lit him up on that play. But yeah, that was the second yeah. biggest piece of information. Really, is that. All right, he's coming in. He's playing safety. They're not going to try to. Sure, he'll be up at the line of scrimmage, and as yeah. you said, like his physicality is very important to this team and everything. And not exactly, it's a one-for-one trade of replacing Jordan Whitehead with Keanu Neal. But yeah. sure, there's some similarities in in terms of the physicality and everything. But I think it's important too that they're kind of establishing he's going to play safety. He can be a physical guy. But linebacker just didn't work out. He's going to be lighter yeah. now, which I think is important. And yeah. um, yeah, overall, I think it's a good thing. And, for and when he's healthy, he had three 100 tackle seasons in Atlanta, right? This this is a guy yeah. that that I I think when we talk about the recruitment of Todd Bowles, he's like, you're a box guy, that's fine. Oh, we're going to blitz you too, right? You're you're going to be part of our blitz packages. And so I think that's something that is very appealing to a guy like Keanu Neal who likes to play downhill and. And he's a bigger body than than Jordan Whitehead. Jordan Whitehead was a rocked up physical specimen, right? I mean, he did not skip arm day in the weight room. <laughs> he maxed out his smallest frame. But this is a player that's it's probably 20, 25 pounds heavier than Jordan Whitehead and, and is really going to be bringing the boom. And again, if this guy can stay healthy, and you still have Mike Edwards, right? You still have Antoine Winfield, who's going to be the starter, the Pro Bowl starter. So Mike Edwards still going to find a role on this defense, maybe splitting some time with Winfield, maybe splitting some time with um, uh, with Neal. Mm-hmm. And maybe this team drafts a safety too, right, to yeah. throw into the mix because you only have Neal signed for this year. Edwards is in a contract year. You Logan look at the Ryan long, one year, yeah. Exactly. You look at the longevity, and it's really Antoine Winfield and, and nobody else in terms of the safeties being here signed past this season. Yeah, and I think this is a huge year for Neil, too. Like, he's still got something to prove in terms of the injury history that we just talked about. And playing in Dallas and moving to a different position wasn't ideal. It wasn't as as it wasn't as expected as he wanted it to be or as good as he wanted it to be, really. Yeah. So this is a huge opportunity for him to make an not that you know he's a nobody, but to, right. to Put his name in an upper tier and an upper echelon. Yeah. Kind of reestablish him himself. Because yeah. when you look at, at his still so career, young. yeah, oh yeah. He was a pro bowler in his second season in Atlanta. And this is a first round pick out of the University of Florida, got a bright future, then all of a sudden really missed two two back to back seasons yeah. with with injuries, and then played one year in Atlanta, then followed Dan Quinn to Dallas and and tried to play linebacker and now he's back playing strong safety and he's happy and Todd Bowles is happy and the Bucks are happy. Everyone's happy, Matt. Everyone was happy oh, today. Man. Even yeah. Joe Tryon Shoinka was happy today. But although I've never <laughs> seen Joe Tryon Shoinka not be happy. This is a guy that always has a smile on his face. He's like the the defensive version of of Tristan Wirfs, former first round pick. Always happy, always smiling. Uh if if there was a reason for Joe Tryon Shoenka to not be happy last year. It's because he missed out on as many sacks as he ended up getting. And I mm-hmm. think that he's going to be more focused and coming into this year, trying to work on his technique, hand placement, things like that, that will allow him to get to the quarterback more often. But he seemed pretty fired up about his opportunity to step in. He's penciled in as the starter right now. Jason Pierre Paul is not on the roster. Again, don't expect him to be back necessarily. So really, it's JTS time. 
Right, yeah, I'd be through the roof if I'm Joe Tryonchenko because I don't have to look at anyone in front of me. It's his job to lose, and he's not going to lose it. He's only a second-year player. And again, as you mentioned, you look at his first year, a lot of promise, a lot of potential there. Just He had four sacks, and he, as you said, he could have potentially doubled that, and that was still in a limited role. Uh, He got some starts here and there when JPP wasn't able to play. But I just think now... The importance of him, and like you said, he's working on the on the little things. But I think the importance yeah. of him playing at one position, and he said that's kind of that's kind of the plan, that's the goal this year is just to focus on on one position. He yes. doesn't care whether it's the right or the left side; that's right. fine. But just for him to stay at one position and become a great player at that one position, yeah. instead of kicking him out, moving him around, and doing all this stuff, they yeah. they already require a lot from the outside linebackers anyway. Whether it's rushing, whether it's dropping back in coverage. So right. he's got to focus on that enough. I know. Yeah. So just stick to that. And I just think again, the the skill set of this guy, the the physicality, just his overall look and build. Yeah. I just think we're in for like some truly great stuff from Joe Tryon Shainka this year. And it starts yeah. with staying on one damn side at one damn position. I, I, I agree. <laughs> he needs to I mean, last year he was uh, a jack of all trades, master of none. And I yeah. think that he needs to be a master of one this year. He needs to to, to be a left end or a right end, if you want to flip him around occasionally, that's fine, right? Just to give tackles a different look. I, I'm all about that. But make him the left defensive end. That's where I see him with his length, with his size, going up against the bigger, stronger right tackles that maybe aren't as athletic as the left tackles are. And put Shaq Barrett with his quick first step in his array of pass rush moves out there where he's going to go one-on-one against tackles. If you look back, and I want to say the number was 13 out of his 19 and a half sacks in 2019, came on the right side. Uh, listen, I'd love to see Shaq Bear just have 13 sacks in a season, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, so even if he doesn't get to 19 and a half, just put him on, on the right side, let JTS rush from the left. And the reason why it's so important is when you look at, at the defensive line play, especially as an edge rusher, you're going to have to to get a feel for the player you're going up against. Set up some moves, right? Show somebody an outside rush, right? Show somebody a long arm, whether it's not like a speed rush, but more like a bull rush. Then do a spin inside. Like that's that's the chess game of rushing the passer. It's working against one guy and working him over, and and getting used to what what he's doing and how he's attacking you, and then you can counter that with some of, of your moves. But when you're playing a couple snaps at right, uh, inside at three tech, uh, inside at five tech, outside uh, on the left side, and, and, and you're being moved around the whole game where you're not getting a consistent look at a player, it's difficult. And you go back to to how he fared against the Patriots, right? He had a couple sacks in that game. Why? Because he was pretty much playing right outside linebacker in that game. And, and I think that's what he's capable of. So Find a spot for him. Let him develop this year. If you want to kick him inside occasionally, that's fine. But don't make him the guy that splits time evenly between outside and inside because I don't think he's going to master that. Yeah, Scott, you've been banging the table longer than anyone else about just keep Shaq on one side. And I think it is so important because Shaq talks a lot about how he has an arsenal of moves and he Mm -hmm. likes to use different things and set them up. It's almost like – almost like a a, a fight, like a, a boxing match where Correct. it might take the first two or three rounds. You're kind of just feeling out the opponent, getting some yeah. jabs in here and there. And wham, that's when you come with the haymaker. That's, that's when right. Shaq comes with the swim move or the yep. spin move. And obviously it, it'll be extremely difficult to replicate what he did in 2019. Like right. almost no one can really do that. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I still think there's room for improvement with Shaq, if he stays on one side and he, and he's a smart player and he's an athletic player, right? We've seen him like he had that big interception against the Eagles in the playoff right. game. Like this yeah. guy knows how to read plays and, yep. and, and make big plays and obviously use his athleticism. Shaq is better suited to just have that one-on-one battle knowing I'm playing against the same guy and Oh, right. okay. Well, his strong suit is right here. So let me rip and move inside or whatever the move may be. Sure. I think Shaq you is way better equated for that. I agree. And you know what? If if on a game-by-game basis, you want to sit there and say, we like the matchup with Shaq going up against this particular right tackle, and we want JTS on the right side going up against this left tackle, and, and that's how you feel about the matchups, and you feel, you feel, feel like that's going to get you wins and sacks, 
then I'm all for that. But go into that and say, in this game, you're going to be a right outside linebacker yeah. or you're going to be a left outside linebacker and kind of make that the game plan. But just this back and forth in game splitting reps to me, especially for a young player, Jason Pierre, Paul Shaq Barrett, they've spent enough years in the league where they, they had that down, but for a first year player and, and now entering a second year player, and he was a, a part-time player last year. Now he's going to be a full-time player for the first time, find a home base and it sounds like that's the game plan. It sounds like when I asked that question, that was the game plan for JTS this year. I hope so. And I hope whatever edge rusher they bring in, because, I mean, I love Cam Gill, but I don't think he's going to be the number four outside right. linebacker on this team. Obviously, you have Shaq and JTS and Anthony Nelson, yep. who are a pretty formidable third outside linebacker based yep. on the season that he had last year. But Came on strong by yeah, Shaq. Obviously, you need a little bit more depth than that. I hope... I, I want JPP to sign with a team. I want JPP to be playing mm -hmm. somewhere. I'm just nervous that he's going to be a late training camp addition yeah. um, because he hasn't signed anywhere else. Yeah, I'm not sure and, he can have the physical right now, right. to be honest, with that yeah. shoulder surgery. Yeah. So I could just see him, if he signs late, lobbying for some more playing time, which obviously would yeah. hurt the growth of Joe Tryon and versus maybe they draft an edge rusher. Not in the first round, but you know they draft one, yeah. or they bring in a veteran guy with the clear, uh, with the clear sense of he's going to be the backup to Joe right. Tronchenko, and that's when he's only come in. Because I, I really do think if JTS, if they both just stick to one side, mm -hmm. what they can do yeah. is be that dominant pass rush that we saw a couple years ago, where Todd Bowles can then make some adjustments and go, hey, right. I don't need to blitz everyone every single time, even though we do that, we don't have to. Because we have these two guys on the edge there. That's the I that's think right. the, the best thing we could hope for with Shaq Barrett and Joe Tryon Choinka. Yep. And listen, Todd Bowles is not the only one doing adjustments. Folks, if you're looking to do some adjusting with your finances, especially in this you know, kind of unstable economic climate that we're in right now with high inflation and and you know fighting over overseas uh, in, in Ukraine, uh, the folks at Immuni Financial have got it all figured out. So uh, I want you to watch this. And then we'll talk about going to Colorado. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. You We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Now we got to get to Colorado. We have to get there. And listen, the reason why in that commercial, the guy was able to get to Colorado, right, is because he's he's great in retirement. You heard him, right? And, and you want to be great in retirement too. And that means having enough money, right? Having enough money in the bank, enough money in your investments to, to feel comfortable, to, to feel secure, and and also to take care of your family, maybe have a, a legacy in, in place with with some some money and some inheritance for your family and also to be able to travel too, right? That's what everybody wants to do. And the folks at Immuni Financial can help you in all of those areas. Why? Because managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets, means more than legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts college savings accounts for your kids, and insurance. With 40 years of experience, do what I did. Let the folks at Immunity Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call. Immunity Financial, 1-800-868-6864. That's 1-800-868-6864. Or visit immuni.com. Now, we've had some great super chats today. We appreciate everybody for not just joining us, but also for... Um, for providing us with some some income to do things yeah. like upgrade our equipment. We've got a big draft show coming up that we're getting prepared for. Uh, Matt, uh, you and I were down there at the NFL owners meeting in West Palm Beach. You've been such a traveler for Peter Report. You're a designated traveler. I'm uh, all for it. Yeah, <laughs> Senior Bowl, uh, uh, NFL Scouting Combine. That's that's where the money that we, we get from the Super Chats, it goes right back into our production, our travel budget to provide you all out there in Peter People Land with 
the best Bucks news and information, entertainment and analysis you're going to find anywhere. And having said that, I would be remiss if I didn't also mention the fact that if you're not set up and you're not equipped to do Super Chats on YouTube, maybe you're just watching this and you don't have a YouTube account, well, you can donate to Pewter Report. You can help support your favorite Bucks website. That would be us. By going to pewterreport.com backslash donation, you can become a monthly donor for as little as $3 a month. Or if you want to give us a hat tip, uh, an internet tip, uh, if you will, you can do that too. Consider this link, pewterreport.com backslash donation, the internet tip jar. If you like the content on the Pewter Report podcast, if you like my SR's Fat Five, the breaking news stories that Matt and JC and Josh uh, and John do, the Bucks briefing that John's working on that's going to come out tomorrow, our draft coverage, our mock drafts. If you like these these stories, this content, we'd love to have you help support us at pewterreport.com. You can make a one-time donation for as little as $10. Please consider donating to pewterreport.com by going to pewterreport.com backslash donation. Matt, that was a fun show. Very and fun, a fun show. day at, uh, at the Advent Health Training Center today. It was a great time. Scott, just one last thing I want to say as well, too. Again, thank you to all the fans for your support with the donations and subscribe, subscribing to our YouTube channel. Uh, if you've seen lately, we've been cutting up some more uh, video clips going on our YouTube. And just keep, please, just keep giving us feedback on what you want to see, what you don't yeah. want to see. We've seen some great comments about that you're enjoying some of the shorter clips because I understand, you know, these podcasts go an hour long. Sometimes yep. you just want to get right to it. So please, if you have any suggestions, things you like, things you don't like, feel free to comment, tweet at us, email us, uh, you know, any way you want to get in contact with us, Instagram as well, too. Please right. just let us know because, I mean, I have so much fun doing this, uh, but it's for you guys. It's for the That's fans. Right. We want to give you guys the best, the best coverage of the box that you could possibly find. So if there's things that you really like and that you want to watch more of, we'll implement that. If there's Let certain things that you think might not be working, you know, we just want to make sure that you guys are having fun getting informed about the box and enjoying it. And, you know, talking about football is great. So thank you we, for all of that support. And please just let us know, uh, you know, what you like and what else. Well, you know. We love talking about Bucks football and we're going to do it again tomorrow. I'm not going to be here, but Matt, you're going to be on tomorrow. I can be. Let's rock right. and roll. Let's do it. Okay. Well, we're going to have another show Wednesday, uh, 4 o'clock Eastern time, and also Thursday. That's our off-season schedule. If you're just tuning into the Pew Report podcast for the first time, we go four days a week at 4 o'clock Eastern time, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And um, and we're going to invite you to, to be back tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast.